Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. This is going to be about the wonderful motion picture, Bad Dreams. Welcome to Unity Fields, love child. <laughs> Not awkward here. Hey, uh, so this is quite the movie. I think it's kind of a kind of a ripoff of uh, Nightmare Three, probably. I, I don't think so. I think it was meant to I be. I think it gets unfairly categorized as Nightmare That's on Elm Street Part Three, Part Two. True. I think I see the similarities, but at the same time, I think it's much different. Oh, absolutely. I think the movie is not necessarily a ripoff. I think the marketing was intended to be a ripoff. Mm-hmm. They were trying to play off the fact that they had this actress. She was the only reason that the, the movie got and, made. And I also wonder if that comparison would even be there if she wasn't. Oh, absolutely not. No. I mean, it's. I mean, it takes place Kind of like a Halloween 3 would be better regarded if it wasn't called Halloween 3. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. it took place Which in a awesome. mental hospital. Yep. You know, so there's like the similarity... There's there is a there's a burned dream killer. It's called bad dreams. It is called bad dreams. <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's definitely similarities, but I don't think it's the same movie. And I there's I don't no even no finger knives. No finger knives. <laughs> and also, I don't think the guy. So little weird trivia about the movie. He uh, he was like 22 when he wrote this thing, and, and directed it. So he oh, was wow. like fresh out of film school. It's like Rolf Konevsky. Yeah. Right there. He had done nothing mm-hmm. at this point, so um, he was... I always wonder how you get these gigs in. Uh, it, so, it's super strange. This guy, uh, he, he hadn't... He'd gotten an agent somehow because he was a pretty outstanding... He had a pretty good resume of short films, and uh, the first person he sent that stuff to was uh, James Cameron's wife, who's the producer, and she had just gotten done producing... Uh, aliens, right? Aliens and Terminator had just happened and they were about to do The Abyss. Hey, those are pretty good movies. Those are some pretty fine <laughs> movies. And so, and she was looking to do a low budget horror project. She saw the script. She met with him. He talked to her and then she was like, I'm convinced that you can do this. And he was like, I'm not 100% <laughs> convinced I can do this, but I'm going to say no to that. But you don't say no. Like he was, he was super nervous. I mean, his first day on set was the first time he had ever had a crew, and they blew up a fucking house. You know, like, he'd never dealt with any of this stuff. There are all sorts of things where he's like, oh, you know, uh, the the DP came up, and he was like, um, so this shot's pretty complicated. Like, can you tell me, like, how do you visualize the eyelines for this shot? He was like, what's an eyeline? <laughs> And everybody on the like the whole crew just all together went. Oh God! Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> we are absolutely screwed. But luckily for him, James Cameron was not working yet, and so James Cameron came on set and was helping him direct this movie. Like, I did not he, know any of that. He actually came in and like gave him notes and read through the whole script and was like, "This is how you should deal with these storyboards and this and this and this." And when they when they do the uh, spoiler, I guess. Uh, uh, PJ Souls, not PJ Souls. Um, uh, da, 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 Tommy Pickles, when she gets murdered. Oh, E.G. Daly. E.G. Yeah. Daly, when she gets drowned in the in the pool. Yeah. That rig is the abyss rig. So the when they're shooting her from underneath, yep. that's James Cameron's pool, oh. and they're using his underwater rig huh. to to shoot it. So they had they had help from big sources. That's also the the joke of like the Terminator shirt that he's wearing so uh dean cameron is wearing a terminator oh, shirt I never in noticed it. That. yeah through the whole thing he's wearing a long sleeve terminator shirt for most of the shots how did i not 
it's real weird because it literally is just a long sleeve shirt that says the word Terminator. Period. I don't recall this at all. I watched it like three times for this movie. Was yeah. With me. No. Uh, so Guess that was going to be a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Very strange. And also the guy who is the uh, the main therapist, uh, not Cameron, uh, Doctor Harris Barrisburg. No. The, is it Doctor Cameron? I can't recall his name. No. Yeah. I don't know names. Yeah. Are you talking Ale- about the dude from Alex? Are you talking about the guy from Reanimator? Yes. From yes. Reanimator. Okay. Yeah. So he's uh, he was. Um, oh, he's Doctor Cameron. Yes, he's Dr. Okay. Cameron. Okay, that's who he is. Uh, he's Alex Cameron. He was also married to Linda uh, Terminator. Um, oh, Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. I yeah. thought Cameron was. I think it's the other way around, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. But one of them was married to Linda Hamilton. <laughs> so that's real weird. So there's a lot of weird incestuous stuff going on in there. Um, but not in the movie. No. <laughs> So, okay, cool. Want to break this thing down? Want to start with some plot? Uh, sure. So we start back in the, what, 60s? Late 60s? That, or, that's or that's the question. I think, it was, I think it was written to be the 60s, but yep. they had to do it as the 70s just to make it make sense with the ages. Okay. Because it's, they're definitely talking it, the end of the age of Aquarius. It took place in what? 88, so minus... 13, She's in 13. She was 13 and a half years So we start off, we start off with this uh, commune there, and they're all the... Uh, and... Uh, the leader, uh, who's fantastic, um, starts calling up the people one by one. Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch, and starts pouring gasoline onto their head ceremoniously, and uh, lights them all on fire, and the house blows up. That is the beginning of the movie, and uh, it's I, I find it a great intro. It's, <laughs> talk about your hook. Yeah, it's know. a it's a really good hook, and you're, you're gonna get a charismatic cult leader pouring gas, blowing up a whole family, and then poof, we cut forward to 13 years. Yeah. Uh, where there's one survivor, uh, Cynthia from. That cult explosion there. Yes. And she seemed wishy-washy, too, in the beginning, so you don't know where her... Right. Remember, she was all like... The guy, I love when the guy's like, you don't need to do this, Cynthia, if you don't want to. <laughs> right? And the cult yeah. leader's like, no. No. No, it's not right. No, that's not, no, that's not how this is going to go down. No, I'm starting to fire, bitches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we cut 13 years later, and we're, we're in the hospital, and, and uh, I found this part funny. Cynthia wakes up. Her, her eyes open. Yes. And Dr. Barrisburg's there is looking down at her, and I just like wonder why... Has oh, he just been there for like 13, 13 years? Full, staring, 13 full her, years. <laughs> no bathroom breaks. Yep. <laughs> that was kind of... And uh, we go to a press conference where they're talking about this. Um, it, it's kind of a big news deal because this was the only survivor from this horrific uh, cult massacre with a lot of unanswered questions. And now they've actually got somebody that could answer some of the cops questions about what went down there yeah. and I love one of the reporters there was like she's been in a coma for 13 years is that like a world record for a coma <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing there were so many moments oh my god when they're pulling her out of the fire mm-hmm. there's this moment like the first thing when she's strapped down to the table they put on the they put on the little like restraint and they wrap it around her throat and I was like it's <laughs> amazing it's like somebody fire that EMT that is terrible <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so so she's in the hospital where she ends up, um, you know, she has no muscle mass because she's been in a uh, coma for 13 years. They they fix that with a little bit of leg exercises for a couple of minutes, and yes. she's back to normal. There, uh, but there were some. What was interesting though, like there were some moments where it was like, I originally, like the first time I watched the movie again, I was like. She runs like an idiot. What the fuck is wrong with her? Uh-huh. And then she like falls down the, <laughs> the stairs. stairs. I, and I was like, I oh, holy shit. 
She has no. She was in a coma. Yeah, that's an actual. Oh wow, good job. Yeah, that's good <laughs> that's attention nice. to detail. Or maybe she just runs like an idiot. Or maybe uh. she. <laughs> maybe she would have done that if she was yep. up to a hundred percent. So so she's alive. Yes. She's the only survivor of this giant cult firebomb, and it's thirteen years later, and she's in this uh, home for people with borderline personality. Yes, so, everything's about bur- borderline personality disorder. So, yep. Uh, so she gets put into the room with the nutters there, and she meets uh, Chainsaw from uh, uh, summer school there. Yes, Dean Cameron, Chainsaw of summer school fame. Yep, and he's a doctor, and he starts uh, the therapy session with her, yes. and then starts getting a little creepy. And then we find this great reveal that he's not actually the doctor. He's just yes. a nutter. And the real doctor comes in, and he's like, yeah, the chair chainsaw. <laughs> uh, so the people, I love the people in the group that they're in. So good. And one of them, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, is uh, E.G. Daly from yes. Kiwi's Big Adventure and yep. Tommy Pickles and Devil's Rejects. Um, and uh, wasn't she the... Uh, Valley Girl. Valley Girl and Valley Girl. Better Off Dead. Was she the singer in Better Off Dead? Yes. Okay, yep. yeah. So, she's awesome. She's amazing. Yep. We've got a uh, neurotic, kind of uh, cigarette-smoking housewife. The cigarette-smoking tabloid reporter. Tabloid reporter, that's right. She was she was originally working Writing for... Writing on a, UFOs and right. shit like that. Yeah. And she had a few suicide attempts and then was put into the into the mental institution. Yeah. And, uh, and then we've got the couple, which is uh, hilarious. They're, they're an older... But they're Probably not mid- not like a married couple that no, came in like, together. They met they in met the in mental the, institution. Yes. Yeah, and they're 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 like a couple there. Yes, which is funny. That's uh, that's Louis Giambiallo, who's like ridiculous number of IMDb credits. Mm-hmm. Like he's been in everything. He's one of those dudes that's like the background character actor in every friggin' movie. He's <laughs> awesome. I just like the, that couple because they. They almost fill the niche of like the horny teens in a yeah. horror movie, but they're but in their mid forties, so I, they're always like flirting and they're sneaking off together to to neck. <laughs> yes, also, yeah, that was that was a cool that was a cool thing. Yep, and uh, am I forgetting anybody? Um, chainsaw, obviously. Ch- ch- chainsaw. Uh, oh, you are forgetting somebody, and I can't think of who it is. Hey, screw cut you, that pal. Out. Got a podcast to do here. Um, oh, this yeah. neighborhood. Yes, I'm forgetting the the religious creepy girl there. Oh yeah, who only spoke in the uh, the one who's like the thirty-seven-year-old woman playing a like fifteen-year-old or something. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. But. Well, she's she was a solid gold dancer in the seventies. <laughs> so, you bring or, the facts. Dude. No, no, Soul Train seventy-one oh, okay. Soul yep. Train. So she so. kind of just keeps on uh, spouting weird cryptic. Yes, and this is this is one of my one of my I hate to jump ahead, but just to mention it right now. This is one of the core problems I have with the movie. Not like, like I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Where I want to know if she does know something, or if she doesn't. There's so many moments where I'm not really sure what's and, happening. And also jumping ahead, she sees the person. She does. We don't see her see it, but we see and the shadow. But nobody else. Yeah, there's. Yeah, we're jumping way ahead. We're, we're jumping too far ahead. We so, always do this. Okay, so <laughs> keep going. Okay, so we got. So we meet the. They have the therapy session there. Um, she meets everybody. Where, where are we skipping to? Let's go to the yeah. Let's, no, go to the, let's go to the action scene. The elevator. Well, but here's the but right in that scene. Am I jumping too forward? No, yeah. this is the first. But in the uh, in the group therapy scene, one of my favorite things through this whole thing, just the this is the worst mental hospital in the history of <laughs> mental hospitals. They have nothing but like sharp objects everywhere. everywhere. Everybody has something. This scene. 
he has a ceramic coffee mug in his like <laughs> in his therapy session. He smashes it with his hand, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that that's cool." Everybody's got lighters. Everybody's got like, <laughs> you know, and several other ridiculous things as, yep. as you go on that are just not really known to be things that you can have in a mental hospital. And jumping forward again, like uh, people seem to just be able to go anywhere they want. Boiler oh my rooms, god, anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. The basement with all the medical files and uh, and boxes of scalpel, <laughs> scalpel storage. You know, buying you, surgical instruments. You gotta let your <laughs> mental patients go down into the scalpel <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> it's part of their therapy. Come on down to scalpel shop. Uh, yes, okay. So, yeah, so, so, oh, and also an, another really important plot point is where they're talking E.G. Daly hasn't talked in forever. Yep. Like she's apparently she's been mute since she got there and then he start then Cynthia, uh, starts, Cynthia starts describing, describing the, the, the cult. beauty of the cult. And then as soon as she starts doing that E.G. Daly's like fuck yeah I am all in and yep. then starts talking about it and she's like no this is great. I she is the perfect person to recruit for a cult. Yeah. You literally she said like three sentences and she was like I'm ready to uh, die for this cult. So Let's go. That's so beautiful. It's not bullshit. It's beautiful. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we meet everybody there. We have our therapy session. And then uh, then she's walking with the doctor there to the elevator after the fact. And uh, that's where we start. That's where the movie kind of kicks into yes. gear here with where we're going as the elevator breaks. And I love this scene. I thought it was so super yeah. effective. The, the elevator for the full time has a faulty light in it. So the yep. screen's constantly going pitch black. You see nothing. The whole damn time. Then the elevator ends up stopping. And uh, they're trying to call for help. And all of a sudden, Cynthia sees the cult leader who set everybody on fire. He's there in the elevator with her. Mm-hmm. And, I, and she screams and falls on the ground and is looking up. And he just keeps coming closer. Like, come with us, Cynthia. We're waiting for you. And, poof, and then he turns into all burnty man from the fire yes. there. Which looks great, I think. I love those kind of makeup effects. Yeah, you get you get his, his burn makeup for the first time. Yep. And it's... It's a really nice, like, it's out of kit. It's not like, a, it's not an appliance-based makeup. It's like somebody built that it's onto just him. incredible melting just, man. Yeah. Just, like, by hand with contact, some teeth stuff. But, like, it's clear that it wasn't, like, it wasn't cast. It wasn't any of that stuff. Yeah. It's just totally out of kit makeup and really, really beautiful. Turns out that she later went on to win, like, Academy Awards for oh, makeup, nice. like this person. Who, but the elevator scene, I can't stress it enough how great it is. And oh. I, I love the claustrophobic nature of it. And I love the fact that it's packed, too. The elevator's packed with people that are all, like, looking at her screaming, looking at something that's not there to anybody else. So just picturing yourself in that situation of seeing somebody in a crowded elevator that nobody else can see as the lights are constantly strobing and flipping yeah. out. Like, but that sets up pretty much where the movie's going as... as Cynthia knows that this cult leader is back and in the home and uh, he starts going after the other people there and but nobody else can see him but her and one other person and one other person (laughs) and the one the one spooky lady who might be able to see him but she's like she's kind of like saying cryptic stuff like she knows something maybe she's crazy maybe she's not maybe she's the only one that knows anything yep um really interesting because even it's funny though like originally when I watched it I felt like all those questions were answered and then I watched it like a second time and I was mm-hmm. like wait I, I literally don't know at the end of this movie well, like we were talking about what's the, going on the, if there's a possession angle the religious or, girl who we said sees it yeah when she gets we only see her see the shadow and right. knowing what we do know now at the end of the movie that could have been Beresburg of course instead, you know yeah. not so but again is he possessed by the cult leader yep, like you don't another that's, that's the uh, big that's the big question for me um but just an interesting aside i 
Oh my god, I went all in on information on this movie, so I'm going to be dropping too many little facts. Knowledge bombs! But as far as knowledge bombs go, one of the reasons that that was so effective was because everybody in that elevator was freaking out, and that was all practical effect. They were messing with the lights in the shot instead of doing it as an editing thing, which probably would have been massively Uh easier just to make edit in black space. Yep. That would have been easy, but instead they just... They actually messed with the lights. Turns out one of the people there was epileptic. Uh, she didn't want to mention that she was so that she could keep her gig. No. And so she was like constantly afraid that she was about to go into a seizure. Everybody in there was getting sick because it was like way too compact and like everybody was freaking out. Too, yeah. yeah. It was like it was in the 90s. Really weird. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. And also the screaming child. <sighs> Gotta love him. I thought okay. you soundproof that closet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, completely out of left field, because I just noticed it in my notes. Dean Cameron's eyebrows. Man. They are bushy caterpillars. Well, and more than that, they are trimmed. Like, yep. like They that, are groomed bushy That mental hospital has, like, <laughs> exquisite eyebrow grooming. Like, just perfect. Yeah. They, they also had another mental patient there you see later on with... Uh, with the long metal hair, too. Yeah. And I wondered if that was like, would they do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that guy could choke himself with that hair. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's probably got three knives and a, a well, blowtorch next from, to his From what we know, <laughs> they also allow you to have Bowie knives and hydrochloric acid. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> Regulations in homes have changed since then, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So we go back to group therapy after all this. Is this a pillow scream scene? Yes, this is everybody screams into their pillows. Which cracks me up. I've never been in a group therapy session, but I... Do they do that? Uh, you got me, man. Anybody uh, out there? I'm going to say... You ever screamed into a pillow? I'm going to say probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just an excuse for them to have some sort of background while she has a, a hallucination flashback there. to oh. the 70s house. And that's when we actually see... Richard Lynch. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually pouring the gasoline on himself and yeah. So also Time. you know what? <laughs> I got to bring this up. I hate to go so much behind behind the scenes stuff. This is a fun fact. But though. this is this is a sad not that. fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> um so it's a weird thing to cast poor Richard Lynch in this role <laughs> because as some people who cult fans probably know the dude set himself on fire after a bad LSD trip. Literally, when he was beginning his career, he had a screen test for Columbia, and it went really well. So it was like, you are on your way. You are ready to go be in A-list movies. You're going to be a background player, whatever. But, like, your career has started. Yep. You are there. And he was like, fucking A. Time you know to what? celebrate. It's time to celebrate with some LSD. Takes LSD maybe the first time? <laughs> Like, and he freaks out, pours gasoline on himself, and sets himself on fire. Um, and so that's why his face has all of those marks on it. That's why he looks like he does. He's missing part of his nose. There's like, mm-hmm. there are all sorts of things that happened to him because of this. He was burned over 70% of his body. Like, apparently, when he first had the burn makeup put on him for this movie, he kind of locked himself in his trailer for a while trying to like Oof. he was going through it there are moments this isn't when you, a fun fact anymore. i'm sorry this isn't a fun fact anymore <laughs> but like you know like when you see him 
like with tears kind of in his eyes mm-hmm. in the cult scenes when he's pouring gasoline on himself he's kind of feeling this yep. you know like this is a this is a big moment for him but i think but he definitely he dealt with it and got through it for the movie he wasn't like it wasn't a lifetime traumatization. Do you think they like, offered the job to Richard Pryor too? God, I bet they did. <laughs> it's weird, man. I, but that was it. He, I mean, he, the dude saw the script and said, "I would like to do this mm-hmm. part." So yep. it's not like, it's not like they were like, "Hey, is there somebody out there who's been burned terribly?" It could have even been an overcoming demons kind of dealy. Exactly. You know? I mean, it might have, and it might have worked. But it's like, but I found that just. Yeah. bizarre yep. he's he's even he's got a documentary called something like the dangers of lsd or the consequences oh, of the consequences of lsd like a short film like that a was school made, like a school projector yeah special. in the 70s maybe yeah yeah <laughs> lsd and you <laughs> lsd and you uh, i was going to be the next william shatner <laughs> thank you lsd yeah. <laughs> uh so oh my god and also to celebrate this movie, we also made sure that we recorded this on the hottest day yeah. in the history of Maine. So that's that's fun. All right, where are we at? We've got we finally saw these. Uh, we've seen the real the real yep. fire. She comes back in, and then this cop shows up, and he's interrogating her. He's such a cliched grizzled <laughs> cop. There, he's uh, he is a dick to the point of. I can't even Im- he is not only is he a cliche but he is ineffective. He is just day late and dollar short yep. every single time he shows up. Yep. Someone's about to kill themselves and he will pull a gun. He does this like three fucking times <laughs> I like love that. you, you yeah. better not fucking better kill Better not you. fucking kill yourself with that gun. <laughs> I'll put this gun at you put the gun down. Just stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude and this he, is he's, not helping. He, so he's con- he's convinced that Cynthia might have something to do with the cult master, not like a survivor. Like, how do I know she didn't do it all? Yeah, she's now she's remembering stuff. Before, mm-hmm. she didn't remember anything when yep. she just woke up from her coma. Yeah. How come she's remembering things a week later? You remember everything instantly? <laughs> like, uh Well, she was a minor, and... Yep. This is totally illegal, what you're doing. Mm. And, uh, shut up. But... But yeah, he goes in and he accuses her of burning babies. That's like his. That's like his opening gambit too. It's yeah. like she doesn't remember anything. How do we know well, she wasn't ladling? Start fire to the babies. Ladling gasoline onto the babies. <laughs> Jesus, dude, back it down like Don't, seven notches. Take it down. Take it down. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and then so right after this, we cut to uh, E.G. Daly and Cynthia. The locker room. In the locker room. Yep. The locker room that every mental institution has, of course, yes. because <laughs> I don't know. The director thought that mental institutions were like gyms, I guess. Yes. Um, so th- there they are in their in their locker room and uh, completely unsupervised with like obstructed views everywhere. Yeah. Big metal things. Um, they take uh, the springs access, out of they don't have springs in beds. Access to unattended yeah. swimming pools. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was terrible. <laughs> this is so irresponsible. There Home's wasn't even got like a seven percent survival rate. I can't. There wasn't even a lifeguard. No, like, <laughs> they're just allowed to walk by giant pools. Uh, so E.G. Daly, she comes and starts offering her yes. friendship to yeah the first time she's spoken in forever after the uh, and she kind of gives her the brush off. 
Yeah, because, well, I mean, she's offering friendship under the guise of, you know that cult that tried to burn you alive? <laughs> I'm really into I'm it. really into that beautiful <sighs> thing. It's really cool. And she's like, yeah, they tried to fucking burn me alive. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty great. I'd like to burn you alive, too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so she gets the brush off. EG kind of goes away disparaged and walks by the pool. And anybody that's seen any movie knows when a, a, a nutter <laughs> sits down by the side of the pool. Like, that's probably... It's prob- probably lights probably the end of that person. But we do it in a neat way. It goes into another flashback. Yeah. Time! And I love the uh, I love that song that always yeah. happens with the flashbacks. It's click, click, yeah. click. It's great. Click, um, time! That one, and uh, they also have uh, Not Journey to the Center of Your Mind. What was the other song that was the main song? In this I one? also read about that song, ele- but I don't remember here. It was an electric prune song. That's yeah, crazy what I miss. Sometimes. But yeah. But yeah, time! Uh, so we, we see back, uh, she's getting baptized by the... And, it, and it, does it switch people? Do we so, always yes. see EG? So, or so do we basically, see her in the first. So she, uh, so Cynthia is seeing this thing. This is also super cool because instead of a transition, they literally move the locker room into the fucking swamp. Yep. Like so, you don't like just they could have just done like a camera. Yeah, she walks thing. around the corner, right? But it instead, it's the, literally like there's yep. just like the bench and everything is right there in the in the. The lake. transitions in this movie between present and very, flashback, I love. I think very cool. That. Yeah. You can. It, there's a lot of stuff that you can kind of tell that this dude was like fresh out of film school because mm-hmm. you can tell that he's trying to like nail metaphors and like visual yeah. <laughs> visual things that like a like a film student would be really into at this point. Yep. But yeah, so. She's seeing something that she's already seen, I assume. Mm-hmm. Like, she's already seen this baptism take place with another character, yep. with some other cult member. Yeah, some other Back cult member. Yeah. And now she's, and then she's picturing E.G. Daly turn into her mm-hmm. as the baptism is taking yes. place. And the baptism turns into a straight up drowning. Drowning, yes. Yeah. So we lose our, that's our first victim, right? In the present? Yes. Yes. So we've, we've lost, we've lost E.G. Yep. Which is a real bummer because she probably shouldn't have awesome. been last. Yeah. But that, yeah. that's a, you can tell it's an amateur filmmaker. He, he exactly, killed, he killed the most you one of the most interesting characters first. Like, geez, that's a rookie mistake. It is a real rookie mistake. <laughs> so okay, um, and this is so she gets out of there. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I should probably mention that. Yeah, the uh, the the abyss camera. Yep. that's where they use the abyss camera yep. to film that that footage because James Cameron was part of this thing. Um, so. So one of the interesting parts comes up right now, which is uh, the the woman who's like the, the tabloid person offers her an opportunity to get out. She's like, oh, if I went to my whatever national news or fake With this story, I, I, I could take it out of here. Yeah, but. we could get a big we could get a big bonus and we could get out of here together. Because if you write a Pulitzer Prize winning mm. story, you get. You get, out of the home you get so much that's 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 one room. of those weird things like <laughs> those weird laws it's like how you get straight a's if your roommate kills himself in college yep. same deal um if you win a pulitzer you get to get out of the mental uh, no, nobel peace prize works too oh um, wow that's great <laughs> so she so she makes this offer and then she's taken off She's like, awesome. That's Everything's going to cool work out scene. great. So, yeah. And so she, sees, she sees a tabloid reporter. She just sees her on the side, and there's a big the cart elevator. of towels yep. or something. And then the cart moves, and there's Richard Lynch waving. waving all maniacally. Like, and then he, then he turns into his, into yep. his burned persona. <laughs> the elevator doors close. Which, so, so this, is, this is part of, this is the first time we start into this problem. Where she literally knows if it's... 
we have to spoil the ending of this movie already. Yeah. So you're meant to believe that it's the other doctor who first brought her in who is poisoning the drugs of all of the people. Mm-hmm. Now, if that is the case, she is constantly seeing these people. She knows that they're going to die before it happens. Yeah. So if it's just drugs, why does, why she, does she know, know that, these people are going that to they're die? going to die? Hmm. That's that's one of the big logic yeah. leaps that yep. I'm like, I, I, it makes me think that, I mean, it could just be, you know, just one of those things that when you're making a horror movie and you're like, fuck, we've got $25 to do this. Let's yep. just get it done. Fuck, but, if it makes sense, just make it look cool. Exactly. But yeah, it is but, kind of, a, but I kind think of an that awkward plot hole. In, in that respect, it makes me think that the plot is that he is alive. Mm-hmm. He's possessing people. He's haunting the. He's haunting this area. Because also, like they, they, they said, like the, he, that he's giving them the drugs to make them suicidal. Right. But nobody really seems suicidal that she's talking to That's before right. they kill, commit suicide. And Except maybe EJ when she got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got like, but the other woman was just all like, she was on cloud nine. She was like, I'm gonna go write this report and I'm I, getting out of here. I can't wait. And she nope, runs I'm gonna run out, out the window. window. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's definitely one of those points where you don't know if. Yeah, and and obviously. Uh, so so if you're lost, we do find out later that the doctor is evil and he's basically giving everybody the opposite drugs that they should be getting yes people who needed to slow down she, he's They're giving them speed up. yeah people who are having hallucinations he's giving them like, concentrated yep. marijuana yes that's right <laughs> which is liquid marijuana where well. the hell do they get that synthetic they mar- just keep it there <laughs> come on these, these mental the- patients need to get high <laughs> That's that's like the doc. Well, that was the other thing is that that was the doctor's private stash. Yes, it was the one locked cabinet. Oh. in there, so he didn't know what was there. So the so later, we meet, skipping way ahead, yeah. but we'll we'll eventually meet Roger Rabbit, uh, and he's like giving out. That was dr- the voice of Roger Rabbit. That's the guy that voiced oh, Roger nice. Rabbit. <laughs> so now that's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. <laughs> uh, I, I love too when he was talking about all the drugs. Like, man, this one will make you crawl on the ceiling. Man, this one will make you shoot off to the moon. Man, this one. He's just like looking at pills. He's like easily identified. That, that now I can totally see Roger Rabbit. Though. But what's what's <laughs> even more interesting about about that is that like okay, so he's seeing these things. He knows that these are the drugs that are being given by this doctor. Mm-hmm. He knows that a bunch of people have committed suicide in this place. And he's still just like, right, he's still just like, man, whatever. Who's going to clean up this mess? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who's going to call the fucking police? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, this is serious. Nah, but okay. rewind. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. So we skipped way ahead. So we lost, wait, wait, we, wait, lost wait. we lost two people. The, uh, the reporter met up with Lynch in the elevator. Yes. Uh, and Cynthia ran after her. That's where we were talking about the running oh, like God. an idiot. She knows she knows where to go. Uh, yes. She falls down the stairs all running like a noodle. <laughs> yep. And uh, and this woman just like does this 50-yard dash down the long hallway and straight out the window. And uh, it looked great, too. The, the fall. Did. The fall gore. The fall. And yeah. Like, you didn't see everything. But what you saw, like the blood splatter, like yeah. very effective. Okay. Can I can I give you another fun fact? Oh, okay. This is not fun. Oh, God damn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not fun, but it's... It just bummer trip how, Gallagher. Take I'm, it away. I'm sorry. I don't mean to bummer trip this, <laughs> but this blew my mind. So they were filming in an abandoned hospital on this side when mm-hmm. they were filming. Yep. The other side was an actual mental hospital. 
So when they did the throwing the body out the window and a blown up head on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. they didn't think to go, hey, mental hospital, maybe close your close blinds your blind. for this oh, one. No. So everybody saw that body on the ground and everybody freaked out. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's cool. That's a little irresponsible fun so then fact. They, they're like, move, move the crew down over to that thing. We'll get that for the hallway scene in the end. <laughs> yep. So that was fun. <laughs> All right. So our newspaper reporter is dead. Uh, yes. E.G. is dead. E.G. is dead. Uh, now we move on to the... Our couple? Yeah. Are we at a couple? Are we already at well, the couple? Well, we're, we're at a couple if we want to skip ahead the talkie parts. Oh, yeah, This movie yeah, yeah. did have a little overabundance of talkie parts. There, Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we've got the... Uh, uh, yeah, the the talkie parts are just like him visiting her. Uh, Harris is visiting her in yeah. her in uh, whatever her name is, in her room and just saying creepy shit to yep. her while sitting in her in a chair. We're waiting for you, Cynthia. Yeah, yeah, like etc. etc. Um, and so we cut to these two, the our horny teens our horny who are played who are by forty somethings, um, and they're like. Oh no, they're gonna do a bed check. We're afraid of getting caught or whatever. So I know a place that we can go. We'll go through our unlocked bedroom door. We can go through the unlocked bedroom door down to the unlocked basement. And we can walk through the unlocked screen door that leads to the <laughs> unguarded blender. That's like a gigantic... I don't know appar- if anybody remembers that Genesis game, Eternal Champions, with the spinning <laughs> fan blade in the back. It looks just like that fight set, like where you can yes. finish your opponent by chucking him into the background fan. It yeah. looks just like that. There's just this huge turbine, and they're just like, let's go behind that unlocked fence to that giant blender turbine and make out there. And again, it's that's the thing, is that it's like they... <laughs> And of course, they also had alcohol that they snuck into their mental institution yep. that was in a in a flask. But they were like totally chill. They wanted to make out. Yeah, they were not. This suicidal. was not like this wasn't them going. Let's go kill ourselves in the basement. Yep. I know a great place to blend ourselves up. They just thought they were going there to have sex, yep. further, and then further, something happened. Further shutting down the suicidal drug. Yeah, which, which makes it. But at the same time, is it more plausible that dude's actually back or dude's actually there? Good question. So it's 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 it's, it's kind of a. But yeah, the other question is: Was he? Uh, it could also have been that the doctor was there for all of those scenes, mm-hmm. where like in the background, we could just assume that he's there. He catches them. Yep. Something happens, and he's like, uh, "You should you should jump through here. Yep. You should do this thing." You know, like he could be talking to them and trying to. This could be all part of his part of his weirdness is that he's like all about convincing people to kill themselves like a cult leader. So he was really into the idea of this cult leader who convinced people to kill themselves. Then he does this himself. And that's kind of his weird gross fetish is like to kill people in this manner. Yep. And I love this scene too, because we all know, we, we all see where this is going with the giant fan blade and then where, going to, what, what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's a, a really cool delayed death. So yes. you don't, you don't see it happen. We kind of cut away after they're smooching by the fan and then they end up losing power. So they send the old janitor out there to get that turbine back running there. Because that's the fan that runs the hospital. And, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Without that fan, we're in the dark. Uh, so anyway, the janitor goes down, and he can't, he can't get this latch undone, you know, to, to fix this turbine there. But then it kind of opens on its own, which, again, could mm-hmm. be supernatural. Yep. Could have, he loosened it up a bit. Mm-hmm. But either way, the hatch breaks, janitor gets flooded in blood, and then... I, I, I take and it, bits and like bit. there's lots of nice a gross t- bits. There's a big tongue too. You yeah. see a big tongue in a hand. It's great. Uh, so the blood covers him, but at the same time, 
I'm, I'm, I'm half assuming here. I think the turbine kicks back on and starts circulating the air through the building. Yes. And so blood starts showering from every right. heat duct all through the ceiling, and so coating everybody in blood and bits everywhere. Yeah. And this happens a good, you know, five minutes after we've lost those people. Yes. So it's kind of like this death that you don't see, and then it yeah. just kicks into high gear later. Like, yep. it's just super neat. And they straight up carry our main character. Oh, yeah. Like, she, she's in a white gown underneath one of those vents, yep. like, screaming at the ceiling while blood pours down on <laughs> her head. I'm prom queen. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's cool. Um, so we've lost a couple. We've lost the couple. I'm just doing, like, a victim. Oh, my God. List. My favorite. We, do, we, we lose everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my favorite character. And the whole movie mm-hmm. is right there. So right after this happens, we like a little bit of time passes, and you see in the background this janitor who's mopping up the blood, mm-hmm. and he kind of looks up, and the look on his face, the like, I don't get paid enough for this shit look on his <laughs> face, is fucking priceless. And he's like a bit actor who's like nobody. Like he's absolutely like way, way in the background, and he is... Probably my favorite moment in the whole thing. He just like kind of lifts his head, and it's just like you fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, you can't hire somebody to do this. Like I'm the janitor, and you're making me clean up body parts. (laughs) Garoom. Okay, so all right, are we going to chainsaws? Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's time to go with I think at this point we're we're in Chainsaw's room. I feel like this movie almost climaxes mid movie with this whole kickoff here. Like, yeah, it's its own sub little. It could even be like a cool short film. Just this one segment of oh my god, Chainsaw's adventure here. (laughs) Chainsaw's Chainsaw's adventure, big adventure. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's got the uh, he's got the. The hosp- hospital issued Bowie knife yep. that all <laughs> that everybody gets. Chilling in his room, listening to some, listening to a fake version of the Sid sings, uh, my uh, my way. Yep. So it's not actually Sid Vicious singing this version of the Sid Vicious My Way. <laughs> it's some other person uh, who I think is the music director. No, it sound, sounded good though. Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. but it was not. It's fascinating that for some reason, it's not that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> so either way, he's sitting here listening to my way, chilling with this hospital issue Bowie knife, and dude just throws his hand right through it, center yep. of his palm, takes it back out slowly, and he's like, ah, "Yep, go go for a walk." Yeah, and he is like, he is just kind of like, he looks at it not like he's in pain, but like he's like, "Like, yep, that yep. was what I expected to happen when I did that. Cool, that's what I needed." That was it. And uh, so he starts going for this walk there. <sighs> Shit, man, I'm, I forgot how it kicks off from here. Oh, after uh, I go no, on no, 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 favorite no. of this part. Oh, well, okay, so <laughs> the, it kicks off in that the cop comes in to apologize or comes in to talk to That's him. That's right. He's like, is let everything me, okay? And then he hides his bloody hand and yeah, he's, he's like, like hey, everything's cool. Let me buy you a coffee. He's like, sure. I should probably have coffee that was made in an in made of this <laughs> fucking maximum security Who has breakable glass and a hot plate coffee maker? <laughs> hot plate. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. he pours a cop a cup of coffee and then just clocks him right over the head with the coffee pot which mm-hmm. is very thin glass i don't yeah, know if that would I, really knock you out honestly, but it does i don't think so but you I've know maybe never been hit we could try it later well, you know um, what let's do it i've got um, a mr coffee around here solid <laughs> crafts are cheap um so so yeah he knocks the cop off and then he just goes on this adventure through the hallway there looking maniacal and yeah it goes down to uh goes down to our our heroes right, she goes to cynthia's room there yep. 
And uh, what's he do? Like apologize? I he's, think. He's, then, he's just basically like, "Hey, how's it going?" How's it just going? Uh, blah blah blah. And she's like, "Oh, it's fine." You know, has like s- small talk, and then she notices that he's leaving a big blood trail on the on the, on the door, door jam. Yep. Yeah, and she's like, "Uh." And he realizes this is going to get awkward, yep. and he's going to have to explain his bloody hand, so he walks the other way. And she, not knowing that it's a terrible, terrible idea, follows him. Yep. And so he walks his way through the hallway there, dripping blood everywhere, and yep. goes into the, the uh, inmate accessible basement. The service elevator that goes to scalpel storage. Yep. <laughs> and he just... Flips his shit and he's running around. He's screaming. Just he's knocking everything, everything off the things, uh, p- pushing shelves over, ripping up papers, also, jumping up and down. By the way, just real quick. Yep. All of those files, actual hospital files from an active hospital that they were <laughs> shooting in. I just thought I'd bring that up. He just fucking fucks up all of their stuff. <laughs> then, oh, some poor interns like. Go reorganize that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is the beginning of a Jim Wynorski movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, call back to the first episode. Yes. Uh, <laughs> For you true believers. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, Chainsaw's ripping up shit everywhere, and he's, and he's screaming. Uh, yeah, we didn't tackle this before. He's like, I don't get it. It's always worked before. Because earlier in the movie, he, he would break things, and he would hit things when yeah. he needed to calm down. And that would be like, that would right. fix it. And I think that might have even been what the, the hand was in the beginning of this trip, where he's like, I'm just going to stab my hand through this and reset right, and exactly oh he also he has an awesome scene earlier we missed where yes he, where, where he lifts up his shirt and he's like sometimes i just get so filled up with things and i just make a little hole and i let it all out yeah and he lifts his shirt and he's just got these like line of pinpricks yeah and scars going all the way up his so i think he was just with a knife like stab marks yeah he, he had a yeah. big he had a big thing to get out and that didn't work and then he's ripping up everything trying to yep get himself back together and so he really knocks over co- really cool power thing that they'd rigged where he rips down the power line oh and yeah, he pull, yeah he pulls out the he's tubes smashing the, the light bulbs from everything the, yeah and, it, and it's and it's believable too like his freak out so absolutely fucking awesome and so anyway he knocks over this one box uh, full of scalpels of course not in cases or <laughs> with safety things or just a just box like, full of scalpels and they're also like super like old and shitty looking mm-hmm. like a new scalpel is shiny is yeah. like it's stainless steel yep. these things look like they were made out of non-stainless steel like they look like they're from like the 20s or something they look fine to me but then again i was i was watching it on tape so maybe <laughs> that maybe they didn't come through oh man i watched it on blu-ray this <laughs> time i know i didn't have anything else you, mr rockefeller i know i was uh <laughs> uh i was feeling pretty fancy yeah and then it turned out that i already owned it <laughs> after i bought it i was like oh shit i need to buy this i thought i owned it and then i found it in my bookcase yeah. but uh, so now i have two copies of this which is great so many bad dreams i'm gonna watch uh, it over and over again so so she cynthia is watching him the whole time kind of like being like cut it out you know and then he, she sees him finds a scalpel she looks he looks he jumps he grabs the scalpels then our cop comes back in <laughs> he's like you better not be thinking of killing yourself yep. or i am going to shoot you dead yep and he's just like uh stop this right now and, and, and i love chainsaw he's just like yeah you're right you're right this is madness <laughs> and he just chucks the two scalpels he's holding straight into his stomach and just starts cutting all the way up his chest yep and ends up killing himself which is enough for him to die instantly yep there you go. Good. Hey, there you go. I'm not a doctor. I mean, he's been losing so much blood earlier. He has his lost hand, a lot of blood. A lot. And then he's cutting up two big strips up his chest there. Like, yeah. It's, it's too bad, honestly. I mean, not to bring a negative into this, but like his performance in that scene was perfect. Yep. Like, that was like 
that little movie of him, that little thing that yeah, was all that's, that's his absolutely. little thing, was perfect until he falls on the ground. He looks like he steadies himself as he's falling down. And I was like, God damn it, you could have cut. It didn't you know, look that bad. It didn't look I noticed bad. that too, but it wasn't but terrible. It was still, but at the same time, he's not going to break his face for the movie. But right. He, uh, but he fell to his knees after stabbing himself, and he looks at them and he goes, later. Later. And then just like falls forward. I was just like, it was so like you 100% perfect up until up that. Up until point. that, yep. Like it was just such a like, that should have won well, Oscar the scene, winning. The scene is 98% perfect. Oh, 99.5 okay, for me. Okay, and <laughs> me too then. And um, I'm not picky. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, yeah, no, it's it's... A damn shame he didn't win an Oscar for this movie. Mm-hmm. Damn shame. So we've lost Chainsaw. We're only left with... Uh... So why even bother continuing? We don't have Chainsaw anymore. Yep. All right. Well, hey, guys. Goodbye. That wraps up Bad Dreams. <laughs> uh, so anyway, no, before we get to our last victim, though, we... Uh, um, that's, when the, that's when the cop ends up looking into the drugs. I mean, not the cop. Dr. Cameron there. Yes. Looks into the drugs, finds yeah. out that everybody's... There was a plot point earlier. Oh, no. Is that, no, that's before. Um, yes. Shit. No, so, no, this is, it's after. Because he wants, because the cop wants Cynthia into police custody after Chainsaw kills himself, because he's like, he's right. killing everybody. And he, dude's all like, what are you talking about? You just watched dude kill himself. And he's all, she was there. She was there at every single one of them. She was like, there at every single yep. one of them. Yeah. So, the other doctor that's been given the bad drugs is not wanting that to happen because he's right. running some kind of. They never. I felt they've never but really also, made that super clear. Yeah. Like him proving his theory or whatever of the experiment yeah, of the. Uh, it's kind of like a bunch of hoopla. Well, I mean, he's he's calling it something. What's but his for, theory? Like, if I give people suicide drugs, they kill they themselves. Kill. Like, <laughs> it was really. I mean, bas- basically, the idea is that he's a serial killer of some sort, whether he's possessed or whatever it is. Yeah. He's he's a pervo serial killer who wants to murder his patients, yeah. and he's making up some sort of cover story where he's like oh my theory of blah 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 but I mean in reality he's a serial killer you yeah. know I mean when he's on the when Cynthia's on the ledge and she's holding on by her hand and he's like you should kill yourself you should kill you should decide <laughs> you, act act, act. <laughs> uh, so yeah so in, so anyway Dr. Reanimator gets fired because he wants uh, what did he say he so was, okay so he, he goes in there he realizes that somebody had been getting oh. the wrong pills and he puts some in his pocket yep and he's like, okay, fuck this. Then he's, he goes and he finds out blah, 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 blah from, yeah. But there's this, uh, yeah, he ends up getting fired by the doctor because he asks the cop if, if he can put him in her care, he could take right. police custody. And the cop's like, I have no problem with that. And then he's just like, well, your tenure here is over, yep. asshole. Like, so, so he packs up his desk, pops up, pops a pill of his own. Yes. Uh, he's like, ah, oh, remind the doctor to write me a script in the morning. And he gets into his car <laughs> and he sees Dr. Beresberg get into, and that scene's awesome. Oh, so, uh, fuck. That's the thing that, oh my God. So I never put this together. Never put it together. He popped a pill that he thought was from one of his people that was like a mood leveling drug. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a hallucinogen. That's how he hallucinates that that thing. Ah. Holy fuck. Fuck, that's why he knows that. I did not catch that until yeah. we started talking about it. So he okay. so he gets into his car and he sees Dr. Beresberg there. I think that's his name. I don't care if it isn't. He sees Dr. Yeah, Beresberg whatever. hop let's, into his car <laughs> and uh, getting into his car. And he's Dr. Like, Build-A-Bear. 
Dr. Billy. And he's like, oh, that's that guy that fired me. So he, he cranks up his stereo with some, what, Fertilese or some shit. I think, and, he's, I think he's listening to Pagliacci. Yeah. To like I Pagliacci or something like that. And he just ends up running down Dr. Beresberg with this car. And he's all like cackling like cheese ball one-liners. <laughs> hey, if you don't like the way I drive, stay out stay of the parking lot. <laughs> and, he, and he rams him right against the wall. Backs up. Does it again. And blood's just pouring all over his car. And this is another scene where it could have been so great, but it kind of got ruined by the fact that every time we see the front end of his car covered in blood, the bumper is just all <laughs> pristine. Like, nothing on this car got fucked, but he's, like, crashing into a wall, smushing but, this guy into a wall. Hey, you know why? Yep. Because it, it was, was a all dream. a dream. That's a why. bad dream. A bad dream. <laughs> so he snaps out of his car. So he snaps up. Like you said, you put it together there where he's like, oh, that, I just tripped. What the hell they did I take? Balls, that's that's yeah. where he runs down into meet Roger Rabbit there. Yep. That I just that I just put together. Yes. So he goes down to the pharmacy. <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck are these drugs?" And he meets this guy who's the dude that played Roger Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yep. which is amazing. Um, and he's like, "What the hell is this shit that I just took?" Like, and he he opens up these like, smashes the cabinet that has the drug the meds that the doctor is prepared for the next yep. day and he's like puts out the little cups and he's like tell me what these are and he goes through and he's like this one's a yellow zonker this one's a screaming blue banana this one's the thing and he's like that's what'll shoot you to the moon <laughs> that's what'll make you think you're an aardvark that's what'll make you and he just yep. like listening lists them all now off now that it's I know great. it's Roger Rabbit it's even funnier it is, it's even better <laughs> please Benny yeah. give me another Benny uh, but yeah so he finds out that this Dr. Beresberg's been giving all these people, we've covered this already, giving yeah. all these patients the wrong drugs, the opposite yes. drugs of what they need. So that's when he goes running after Cynthia, because he knows this doctor is trying to kill her to prove mm. his wild theory that if you give people suicide drugs, they will commit suicide. <laughs> yes. Good stuff. And then, <laughs> then he's study. like, so he's running down the hall. He says something to the the attending nurse, yep. and she's like, "Holy fuck!" And she thinks she's in a different kind of movie because she picks up the phone and she says, "Give me the police Please, stat," stat. <laughs> which does not work. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know stat. what kind of operator you have. Uh, yeah, that what, also on with your me phone. Please, stat. Give me the police stat. Yeah. <laughs> I need to order a pizza. Stat. Stat. <laughs> That's how you know you're in a hospital because they say stat. Oh, this is another great scene though. So, so Cynthia's in. Uh, Isolation. She's been put into solitary confinement. Yes. And there's a nurse monitoring the monitors there. And she sees Cynthia's in this solitary confinement talking to nobody. nobody but she's actually talking to the cult leader. Yeah. But so the, so the nurse monitoring the monitor sees her talking to nobody. And she's like, what? That's strange. And then she goes in to investigate. And I'm just like... It's a mental patient talking it's, to themselves. Like, you're what part of that talking is talking about a bunch of schizophrenics <laughs> in this place? And so that, she goes in to investigate who she's talking to, and uh, that's that scene kind of cracked me up. But anyway, uh, Doctor Reanimator is running through the hallway trying to find her. He ends up hitting the fire alarm to open the doors of all the solitary confinement, and then we get. I thought about yes. doing a. Uh, uh, I thought it'd be neat to do a supercut of every um, mental home movie oh with all the doors, right, all the yeah, patients in the hallway, like Doctor Giggles, uh, and, Don't Look in the Basement, um, and is, Madhouse, the video by Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Hell, Hellbound Hover is a two-way yeah, thing. one. Yeah, there's one of those. So, uh, Reanimator. <laughs> this kills me. Okay, this this behind-the-scenes tidbit kills me. So they put out a call for mental patients mm -hmm. to get the. So they were like, "We're looking, we're looking to cast mentally ill people for this thing." Yeah, that's how they worded it. 
So a bunch of mentally ill people showed up for this thing and everybody they had in the hallway was like uh, somebody who was like a homeless schizophrenic. And so they basically cast a bunch of mentally ill people in this movie and they were like, yeah, nobody was really bathed and it was 97 degrees in that hallway. We saved so much money on makeup effects (laughs) and wardrobe. like, (laughs) Like, I'm sure there are plenty of people that were like, normal thing were regular people off the street Yay. who were actors yep but apparently they also recruited a bunch of mentally ill people oh, for those hilarious. scenes so that was that was good oh, so doc God. cameron runs through the swarm of the ocean of yes uh crazies and he runs up he runs up to the roof uh this also got me uh wondering like how in the hell did he know that this Dr. Beresberg was up I on the don't. roof with her? That was another giant plot point. Like, there was no... He didn't see, like, the roof door left ajar or something and be like, oh, they're up there. He's just like, right. I'm going to the roof. I bet it's on the roof. Yeah. So <laughs> he runs up to the roof. And uh, Beresberg's up there with Cynthia. And she's sitting on the ledge. And he's all like, you should uh, reach your extreme potential. You it's, you should jump. You, <laughs> you should act. Don't you want to join? Like... You should homogenize your core competencies. <laughs> you should make sure that you're synergizing with your workloads. Yep. Again, making it hazy if that's actually the cult leader or not. Right. You know? So she's convincing him her to do that. And uh, and then Dr. Cameron runs up and he's like, stop. And they have this kind of war. Yeah. She's just like, no, I'm doing it. And she jumps. And she jumps. And we see her die. We see her hit the ground. Yep. And then she wakes up in 1974 or whenever back, this is. Back to the cult house. She back wakes up uh, l- looking at the cult house. And they do this weird Christina's World painting homage. Did you see that? Yeah. It's yeah. straight up and like Wyeth yep. homage. Yeah. And for they. S- I, for, th- for the only reason I think is they could. I think so. They're psych. Yeah. Again, film school. Film school, yeah. I think. This I think, symbolizes like the. Uh, I. The aloneness and the, <laughs> before she goes to the familiar place but of... But that's a cool shot. <laughs> I mean, it's neat. but it's all of that said, it looks fucking great. Yeah. Like, that is a cool shot, and it does look like the painting. Yep. And it's like, maybe you saw the... Maybe you saw literally, like, the palette of the, the landscape. And it's also one of those things like, where I wonder if that... Holy shit, playing, look at that. I wonder if I was that. playing ahead, or it was just, like, a thought on the spot. Whoa, kinda, yeah. look at that. Yep. Let's do it. Well, yeah. That'd be cool. I bet that was probably more likely. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem to have any contextual point, but no. it's cool. So she goes in the house, and she has a brief conversation with, yeah. with Harris, right? So, th- so what basically happens is, what I'm assuming is, speaking of, of like, film school, yep. my guess is that this is a metaphor for her going over and going, like, completely mental. Yeah. That, like, that's her, that was her breaking point was like that now she's like she's giving herself over or something because she's now talking to Harris on the other side. She's walked through the door and she comes out in the hospital. Yep. You know, somehow and then she's on the then she's back. Yep. I don't know if maybe it seems like it should have been the exact opposite. It seems like she should have gone through the door and said fuck this slam the door and then run the other way or like something else if you're gonna have her come back to reality yeah it seems like a backwards metaphor but whatever it works so we snap back and uh dr cameron did a somehow impossible mad dash and saved her like he's he was like a good like 20 feet away from her when she jumped and she was able to like run up grab her wrist and we've got the totally cliched yeah uh, you know good son hanging you've on gotta help one arm me. one arm yep you gotta help me up and, i can't uh, do it myself you've gotta help me and barrisburg's back there being like no let her go it's a lost cause jump <laughs> cynthia jump you know and uh <laughs> she won't she's she's trying to help herself up and then barrisburg 
flips out and starts stabbing Cameron's hand with a needle, yep. which is gross. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and which another part that cracked me up, like he was holding on with his fingers like that to the ledge, and he's like stabbing the top of his hand with a needle, like just lift those fingers. Yeah, lift, lift, <laughs> lift them fingers. That's the, that is a. I, again, I feel like it's sort of that's part of his like his craziness is the fact that he's like that would be too like even Same. stabbing him yep like if he stabbing him with a knife would have been too much you yeah. know but like because it's like little i'm only i'm only affecting it a tiny amount yeah, I'm, and because i'm kind of this this keeps me still at a distance i still have my like my clinical distance from you kind of take it like a, like a jigsaw like a, i don't right. kill anybody yeah yeah, like, yeah. I like i'm not the, things into, yeah. right and so. it seems like that's his shtick. If we go with the idea that he's a serial killer who idealized the idea of this cult mm-hmm. and loved the idea that he could make people kill themselves. Yep. There you go. I mean, then then that works. Or if he's possessed by somebody who has that same feeling, like he doesn't want to actually actively stab anybody mm-hmm. or shoot anybody. So then we get our, uh, our grizzled cop comes back at this point. And <laughs> yes. uh, they see everything that's going on and uh, they help... Cynthia's up. She's up. She's up over the ledge, back on the building, and and Beresberg starts spinning it into uh, the yes. whole thing. Like this doctor went crazy. This did everything. And, and, and meanwhile, steals a gun from a cop, unbeknownst yes. to anybody. And he's trying to spin the story as in he's the sane one, and and Cameron's yeah. crazy and everything. And then eventually, just ends up putting the gun to his head. He puts the gun to his head, and, and again, cop again draws a gun on him, going, "Don't do it, man." <laughs> this guy, he has got <laughs> the worst negotiating skills ever. <laughs> he is also, you know, I don't want to say typical cop on this one, but man, that is a <laughs> that is a real extreme force response. Don't kill yourself with those knives. I've got a gun. Because I, I want the excuse. Come on, please, yep. <laughs> let me do it. Uh, yeah, so he does that, and then it turns out that he wasn't going to kill himself at all. Nope. He wanted to kill Alex. Actually, that was my favorite right before that. That was one of my favorite parts, too, was, like, he has the gun to his head, and Alex just goes, fucking do it. Fucking do it. He's like, do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. Cold-blooded. That was so good. He, so he points the gun at Alex. Cynthia snaps into action and pushes. Because she sees, she sees Harris's That's face right. over him again. Over him. And... But which is weird because up until this point she's been totally she's, down she's been with down him. with Harris. She hasn't been against him at all. But you know what? I think maybe it's since she was saved off there. Yeah, maybe she's, she's back to yeah. Like, she I'm gonna, snapped through. I'm yeah. going to conquer this. And uh, so yeah, she ends up pushing Barrisburg off the building. So we get our second falling out of a building yep. death in the movie, which I felt was kind of strange. Like it's had some interesting kills, but it feels kind of repeated. Only this time they're like. How about this time he falls he into falls a convertible? Into a convertible. <laughs> I think that was different enough that I was okay. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> it was a real good fall. Yes. Like, that was one of the best. Stunt, stunts in this movie were fantastic. Stunts were yep. fantastic. Uh, that was, like, I think as far as, like, seeing... I've seen that scene in a billion movies. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Lethal Weapon and all these other things where people fall into cars. That was probably the coolest looking one yep. I've ever seen. Uh, that... Like, it was instantaneous. Like, you saw it, and you were like, oh, whoever's in there is dead. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, period. There, there's no, there's no like, oh, that was a stunt guy, or whatever. You're like, you know that guy's dead when you look at yep. that. Um, so that was cool. Uh, also, oh, my God. Speaking of this, so the first day when they blew up the house, this is my other fun fact. Yep. Um, they failed to do it properly, and it caught fire by accident. And so they had to run back to the cameras and start shooting in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also his pyro guy had burned off half his face when he came to work. Like he had, he was at another shoot. Oh. 
And so his pyro guy, when he was like, don't worry about this. I, I got, got this, this under control. <laughs> it's like, That's like when you see somebody I, parallel parking and they've got dents all over their car. They start hitting car. the bumper when they're doing it. And you're like, yeah, you've been places. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want trust to. you at all. Like, listen, I, wouldn't, I don't want to make light of his yep. situation in any way but man that would not fill me with confidence on nope. my first movie shoot you got a burnt face Jesus. like three, three fingers on his left hand <laughs> I totally know what I'm doing I got it I got this under control <laughs> in the fuck <laughs> oh my god yeah so uh, and then so he's dead they they hug Dr. Dr. Cameron in his gigantic fucking sweater yeah <laughs> It looks like a dress when he got knocked out earlier too, like conforming to his butt. In my in my version of this movie, he was married to a giantess who's like seven foot eight or something and like six hundred pounds. And he just borrowed her sweaters yep. from time to time. And that's why it hangs down to her knees. <laughs> down to his knees. Oh my god. They yep. hug and, uh, the strains of Guns N' Roses. Q- yeah. yeah, they couldn't afford a fucking song from Sid Sings. <laughs> but they could afford that. Guns and, yep. Nuts. Oh, we totally glanced over the uh, the religious girl's death. What we were talking about earlier when she oh sees the shadow. Oh my god! But that's she a, had the she had the hospital issued bottle, bottle of, of acid. Bottle like, of hydrochloric I, I see acid. You there. You're not gonna get me. And she just starts chugging hydrochloric acid. acid. Oh god. <laughs> You never see. There's no gore from this whatsoever. She's clearly just drinking, it's a, you know, it's like a, pink a, lemonade. Yeah. But no matter what, your brain can't stop thinking about this Burning idea. Oh yeah. It's just, it's horrific. It's, it, a, it's a less is more situation. That is a less is more. All the deaths, for all the deaths in this movie. Some of them you see, some of them you you totally don't. But all of them are equally effective and like, very very memorable. Like yes. almost yep. every one of them is memorable. The doctor's less so, but, well, actually, no. His was memorable, too. I got a perfect example. Like, I can remember that car perfectly. Yep. Yeah, no, real good. I love this movie. I do, too. I had never seen it before uh, Before yeah. doing this. So. Yeah, it's. it had been a really long time. I just remembered that I enjoyed it from a jillion years ago. Like, I put it in this, like, Dr. Giggles kind of, like... Yep. It's definitely I think of it as a 90s movie, but I guess it's an 80s it's 88, movie. 88, close enough. Which is but pretty for, much For me, it's just movie. like, I remember actually seeing it at the video store when I was renting horrors all the time, and for some reason, I just gl- glossed over this one, yeah. passed it by all the years growing up renting everything from everything. Oh, it's got such so. a good cover. That weird, the weird fingers over the face, and yep. like, which always reminded me of this type of dog treat I used to feed my dog. Mm. <laughs> Covered with some sort of weird red meat That's substance. Kind of, yeah, like cooked Gross. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I think we got it. I think that is the, uh, I think that is the entirety of this movie. So uh, we'll be having our Unity Fields meeting tomorrow night. Oh, if, uh, absolutely. If wants to come, it's... Um, BYOG. BYOG. Bring your own gas. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a real blast. Ah, because that's a pun. Yes. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Peace.